0: How's everybody? Um, Jesus offers peace in the midst of chaos. We can definitely relate to that. Um, I would assume that everybody, or mostly all of you, have uh, heard something about our roller coaster February, the month of February. And It's one thing to hear it, but to experience it, although it was a hard month, it was a rewarding month. Because what we experienced, it increased our faith. And what we endured, we hope, by telling our story, it will will help others to endure similar or increase others' faith. You know, last month, um, my baby sister's son, he got in a terrible, terrible car accident, and uh, he suffered severe brain damage. But before I go any further, I I would like to kinda back up a little bit and, and hopefully try to convey what the family was going through their mindset during our ordeal last month. Uh, my baby sister, um, back in 1988, in December of 1988, her first son was three years old, and he was living with uh, with our mother. She had moved to Atlanta trying to get settled in, and she was. Uh, our mother was taking care of him until she can get settled in. And um, it was a terrible house fire. My mother, I had a, a brother that was handicapped, and um, he was maybe in his early 20s, mid 20s. Uh, my mother, my brother, which was handicapped, and my little nephew all died in a house fire. So, my baby sister Didi, when she heard about her son Jari, we call him Jari. His name was Najar. We call him Jari for short. When he got, she's always been very, very protective of him, because I think in her mind, the loss of Breon, she never truly got over it. So she was always protective of him. And when she heard he had gotten in this bad accident, she, she, she just almost lost it she she um would constantly she never left the hospital she would go around saying i can't deal with this i can't deal with it, i can't go through this again and we all knew the family knew what she was talking about i can't go through this i can't deal with it again she was thinking about breon and we kept trying to encourage her and say well god is in charge he has the last word we have to think positive regardless of what happened god is in charge we went wife and I and, and other family members, we went to Atlanta. Um, they had him at um, Emory Trauma Center. And the doctors got word to the family and said, um, you, you need to make a decision because there's no improvement. There's no improvement in his brain activities. Nothing is happening. They had him on a ventilation machine. And they said that he's he's just existing because of the machine. That's what's keeping him alive. So we had to go. We had to go through a a conference with the doctors to be informed about his his, uh, physical state, allowing family members to ask questions, to to try to help us get through it, to try to help us process it. And um, she was having problems accepting it. And just by what the doctors were saying, they were already saying, he's gone. But they didn't come out and say that. They kind of said it in a roundabout way. And we kept telling them, say, we're we, we waiting on God. We're we praying and we're waiting on God. And the church were praying. You guys were praying for us and the other family members and the people in Atlanta was praying. And, and one thing I remember distinctly that the doctor said, he said, We've done all we can do. And I understand y'all are praying family. He said, what we are not capable of doing has no reflection on what God can do. And that stuck with me. And, of course, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. And my sister, Dee Dee, she kind of flipped out. She, she, it was hard for her to handle it. And, and we could all understand that. We can all understand that. Because Cornerstone was praying, Pleasant Grove, the church we grew up in, St. Mary, they were all praying. Everybody was praying. And I told my wife, I said, you know, we need to understand that when we pray and we petition God for things, for whatever we have need of, sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. And then sometimes the answer could be wait a while. That time it was no. It was no. So before we can, uh, uh, when, we, when we left the hospital in Atlanta, we were coming back to Thomasville, my wife and my two older sisters, and we are trying to process this. We are trying to process it. Where do we go next? We get back to Thomasville, and before we can have the funeral, which was scheduled that Saturday, we get word Wednesday that her brother, Roosevelt, had a massive heart attack before we can have Jari's funeral. So that was kind of like running into a brick wall. And it gives you the point, it gets you to where you just wonder what's happening. You are just dumbfounded. You don't know what to say. But just pray and ask God to see us through it. We planned a funeral. For that Saturday. Now, when her brother, Roosevelt, his wife' name is Angie, when we got the word he had had a massive heart attack, by the time um, he was found, he was away at a, a storage facility. By the time they found him, the um, ambulance got there and they tried to revive him, but they couldn't find a pulse. We were told later on that it took, Thirty to forty-five minutes before they can get a pulse, and we all know what happens during that length of time. The doctor said it was just like a person being on the water for forty-five minutes. We have the funeral that Saturday. We have Jari's funeral that Saturday. We finally make it back home, and we're thinking uh, maybe we could have a little peace. We can rest. We can try to collect ourselves. And in the meantime, Cornerstone was praying for Roosevelt. All the families in, in, in up in Atlanta were pray, uh, praying for Roosevelt. Part of the family was, was at the funeral And the other part. Some others were at the hospital, because that's where he were, were at. His wife, Angie, Angie, never left the hospital the whole time from day one. In fact, we were told he coded three times while he was at before they got him settled. We have Jarrett's funeral that Saturday. Sunday, we get home. We get home late Saturday. Sunday afternoon, we get a phone call from Atlanta. And I can tell the way my wife answered the phone, it wasn't good news. I can hear in the background people screaming and hollering. She kind of loses it. And she falls out on the floor. So I take the phone, and I I, I begin to talk to my niece. She was crying, and she was saying, the doctors need the family up here. we got to have a conference with the doctors. The diagnosis is Roosevelt is in a vegetated state. We have to make a decision. We can leave him on the machine, and he's going to be a vegetable the rest of his life. He won't know himself. He won't be able to see. He won't be able to hear. He won't know anybody. Or we can take him off the machine and let him expire naturally. Now, we had just experienced this with Jerry. We did the same thing. The doctor said we'll take him off the machine to show the family that he's gone. The machine is keeping him alive. They took him off the machine. And, it, and all kind of crazy things began to happen. The machines were making noises and alarms were going off. His organs were shutting down. So they hooked him back up just to give us time to process what had happened to him. So they did the same thing. They, 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 they made the same diagnosis with Roosevelt. Said the machine is keeping him alive. So here we go again. We throw some stuff in the bag. We go back that liner. We're hitting that liner. And we've all been at, we've all experienced those moments when you just seem like you're just stuck, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. We, we're heading to Atlanta, and there was a moment of silence in the, in the, in the truck. And my wife's phone were blowing up, because everybody was calling the other family members as the news spread it. The doctors was really saying, in so many words, he's dead. We need to make this decision to unplug him or -hmm. risk him being a burden, a vegetable, just not any quality of life, the rest of his life. And I told my wife, I said, well, just turn your phone off because everything you're receiving is negative and it's getting you upset. We'll just have this, this time with God. We'll meditate. We'll just pray about it because God is in charge. He always has the last say. Regardless of how dark things may appear, he always has the last say. We arrived in Atlanta, and in the back of our minds, we're thinking, well, we get ready to plan for another funeral. That's the way we are by nature as humans. There's hope, but there's also reality. We depend on the doctor's diagnosis to a certain degree. But one thing about Angie her brother's wife, when she got the news from the doctors that it was too much time passed without him having a pulse. So his brain is damaged because it was a lack of oxygen. And you know what she told him? She said, well, she told the doctor, she said, I don't know what your God told you, but my God said he's gonna live, he will not die, and he's gonna walk out of this hospital. So we head in Atlanta, when we get there, we get the news. We get the news that he had moved the storm. All before, it was no positive sign of brain activity. It was no positive sign of anything. And like I said, there was some family there around the clock. We slept out in the hallway on the couches, wherever we could find a spot. And my other sister-in-law, Pre, they would constantly take a break, and the nurses were right next door where they could see through a a glass. And and they would constantly just talk to him. Whether Whether he thought he heard us or not, they would talk to him. And the doctors would come in, the nurses would come in periodically. They would check on him, nothing. And she called him, she said, Roosevelt. This is pre. If you can hear me, move your hand. Move your move your hand, move your thumb. And she said he got a she got a slight response. He moved his finger. She ran and she got the doctor. Got the nurse rather. And when the nurse came in, which is something they normally do, they would call the individual, Mr. Barnes, if you can hear me. They would they would give him a command to do something. And she gave him a command, if you can hear me, blank your eyes. And, he, and he, he barely blanked his eyes. She said, oh my God. And these are people that didn't really buy into what we were saying. In the meantime, my, my, uh, my, my, uh, her brother's wife, Angie, she was playing music. They were anointed with oil, they were praying. We kinda had a semicircle around the bed praying and the nurse I mean she lost it she ran and she got the doctors the doctors came they did all kind of tests and looking at the machines and making adjustments and they gave him command can you wiggle your toes he wiggled his toes can you lift your hand he lift his hand and the nurse said Mr. Barnes if you can hear me give me a thumbs up and he gave her a thumbs up And it wasn't as if it was this high, but it was enough where he could obey commands at request. When we got there, I mean, it was rejoicing in the church. We we were rejoicing in the hospital. It was church. It was no longer a hospital. It was church. So the doctors said, this was Sunday night. So the doctor said, in the morning, we'll come back, and we're going to run some more x-rays Monday morning and we'll see what's going on and they left they didn't they didn't really make much of a comment they look they look puzzled they, they looked puzzled they really did so Monday morning they come back early Monday they take him downstairs and they did more x-rays they did MRIs and they brought him back to the room and there wasn't much conversation And we had to say, well, what's the result? Well, we're waiting waiting on the results. And a few hours later, they said, well, we're taking, we want to take him back and do a couple of more x-rays. And we're going to compare what we saw before with what we see then. They took him back that afternoon and they did another x-ray. They were supposed to have done one more x-ray. They ended up doing two or three more x-rays and that early, it was late afternoon when they finally got the family together, and they said, and we were all still in the, we wasn't in the conference room, we were still in the, in the hospital in that room, and he said, we couldn't find anything. We couldn't find anything on x-rays, it didn't show anything, and he started, testing and doing all kind of things and he he couldn't find anything medically wrong with his brain. And he looked at Angie and he said, you were right. You were right. It's a miracle. And I tell you, I, I believe in miracles, especially now. And we've all heard of miracles, or, or maybe uh, we believed in miracles, but when you actually see one happen before you, it's, it's a whole different level. I tell you, it, it's a whole different level. We watched God show up at the needed time. We needed that. Our family needed that. We needed to be. it were people at the funeral said, how do y'all do it? Because they knew the family history. They knew all we had gone through. They said, how do y'all do it? Well, we can only trust God. That's all we can do. Regardless of how hard things may appear, we can only trust God. Now, um, there's some uh, slides up here. And uh, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to scroll through the pictures, and I'm going to let my wife kind of explain these pictures and what, what took place. That wasn't us up in the hospital there now. That was <laughs> uh, I had to specify to Jason. I said this is this was a cruise we was on. This is the only picture I had, you know.
1: <laughs> on this picture right here, this is when I saw my brother for the first time. And I went to him and I said, Roosevelt, if you know this faith. Blink your eyes for me. He blinked his eyes for me. I said, Rosabelle, are you sure this Faye squeezed my hand? So he squeezed my hand. And on this picture here, he had went to, th- well, on this picture right here, they was taking him off the life support machine because he was breathing a little on his own. So they took him off to see whether or not he can stay off there. Life Supporting Machine. And on um, the next picture, right there, he completely off the uh, life support machine. In the next picture, right there, he was drinking a little. Drinking a little? Eating a little?
0: Because he hadn't had eaten anything. Uh, hadn't had
1: anything had to eat. A week or so, yes. Mm-hmm. And on this picture, the next one, right here. They was giving him physical therapy, and they couldn't believe it. They come in and said, "Can we see the miracle?"
0: Uh, it was it was doctors from uh, other departments in the hospital because by then the word had gotten out about this miracle. And it was doctors that had nothing to do with his treatment. They were coming in, uh, different boards, different doctors from different departments, and they wanted to see that miracle. They wanted to see this miracle that everybody was talking about. So it was um, doctors and nurses from throughout the hospital coming in to see him.
1: And right here, they had put the pacemaker in, and he was on his way home. And God is so good. They released my brother. God released my brother. And Roosevelt's name is no longer Roosevelt to me. His name is Miracle. That's
0: my miracle there. Amen. Amen. And, and, and let me say this. Um, I forgot to mention that previously he's had two heart surgeries. And they were done at, was it at Shan? Yeah. It was done at Shan's. But um, it, it's nothing shy of a miracle. It's nothing shy of a miracle because when you've already had heart surgery and then you suffer a massive heart attack and it takes that long to revive you, the only way a person can walk away from that is by the grace of God. It was God. Mm-hmm. It, was God. it was grace of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also, we, we wanna, I can't say it too much, we thank, we thank y'all for all your prayers. For all your prayers. Each and every one. And um, it just lets us know don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Satan wanted us to give up, but we didn't. Amen. Hey,
2: let's say, Amen. give them a round of applause. It's nothing like uh, preaching and then getting interviewed after it, right after a <laughs> <that> visit. <laughs> Man, that's an incredible story. I mean, that's, um, I think you nailed it when you said, you know, we think about miracles, sometimes we believe in them, but when you experience them, it's a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Praise God for what you've done. Um, Those images were powerful, were they not? So you notice that as they advance through those, you see the quotes These are text messages that I received from John during the the course, uh, through the course of this. The first one here, he just John tells me, you know, his brother massive heart attack, you know, Uh, and this, I mean, this is just on the heels of your nephew. Right, Um, right. Mm -hmm. The the, how did you respond? I mean, what was your mental state during all of that? As you go from losing your nephew to thinking your brother is gonna suffer the same pain. How do you how do you process that?
0: It wasn't easy. Um because being human, I think we all do this do this, we go through it. When you when you receive bad news after bad news after bad news, it's kinda like you 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 we have the tendency to wanna we doubt, we doubt, but the only thing we could do was just take it to the Lord in prayer, because yeah, right. cause he was our, yeah. our only rescue, really. And knowing and encouraging one another and, and repeatedly saying, well, God has to last say, he's in control until he says it's over, it's not over. Yeah, and right. that's what kind of kept us going. Right, right,
2: right. right. Well, and I, and I appreciate you naming the, the struggle
0: there. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: And I appreciate that you shared you led in with the story of your nephew. Uh, Because a lot of times, you know, you will hear stories like this and it's all triumphalistic, you know. Um, What I appreciate about what you shared is that there, I mean, we do live in a dark world. It isn't not, it's not always just everything turns out the way we want it to. Um, But yet, what you showed us is that faith can sustain in that. And that uh, like Amen. like we talked about earlier, that Jesus provides peace in the midst of chaos, and it has been absolutely chaotic for you. And this isn't the first time you've had a couple of months like this. Right, right. You know, I yeah. remember a few years back when it just seems like there was death after death after death. Oh, yeah. In your family and uh,
0: her brother. Yeah. And then right after that, my brother. Yeah. Back to back funerals. Yes, right, right.
2: yes, and that you've continued to remain faithful is a testimony to us um, and a very powerful witness and example um, very powerful example uh, to us Um, I wanted to ask you um, how has the I mean it is you you can call this nothing else other than a miracle Uh, I think to I think to call it anything else to say it was a coincidence is to, uh, I think it would be to insult God. How has this, how has this healing of your brother, how has it affected your faith?
1: My faith has grown stronger and stronger since. Every time I saw him yesterday, he came home yesterday, but he had been trouble with his legs. I said, it was laying down for so long. Sure. Yeah, him with his legs, and then with the pacemaker, they want him to hold his uh, right arm closer up to his yeah. uh, pacemaker, everything, set up. But to see him, I can just see God work. I thought about when Lazarus was raised from the dead, when Jesus told uh, him yeah. to come forth. Yeah. And I can hear in my head that God was saying to Roosevelt, come forth, and he did. And I thank God for it.
0: Praise God. yeah.
2: Um, john how you how how is this just i mean the whole ordeal how has this affected
0: you i'll tell you it's it's really been tremendous and it it, i it may sound a little weird i don't know um tragedies or tragedies and blessings and triumphs or or for our benefit you know It, it, it taught me to never ever give up on god and, and as, as we were going back to Atlanta, in our minds, we thinking, well, we got to prepare for another funeral. Yeah. And I told my wife, I thought about something that you said last year, I believe, in, in one of your messages. You said when we were at the end of our ropes, that's when Jesus would come in. And I told my wife, I said, well, it looks like we are at the end of our rope, yeah. but we're not going to give up right because he knows what we're going through and it, it's, it's really been tremendous for my faith every, every opportunity I get I try to share it and, and my wife try to share it with others because we never know what people are going through sure. yeah. and the enemy wants us to give up yeah, he wants absolutely. to give up on God and, and, and I tell you, don't ever don't ever give up on God because God will never give up on us." Wow.
2: That's a good word. Yeah, that's a great word. Um, told to prepare that he's not going to make it. I mean, yeah. it's. I mean, this is. That's real. I yeah. mean, that's that's about as real as it gets. From that to that right there, and that right there.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And the, and and the, and the the amazing thing about it is when you've just experienced the ident the same thing. We went up for one conference sure. with the doctors and he didn't make it, my nephew didn't make it. So it's easy to say, well, he's not gonna make it. Sure. Because, you know, the brain is so important. It tells the, it, everything the body does, it has to be processed by the brain, so, so he can keep whispering in our ear, he's not gonna make it, he's not gonna make it, but we didn't give up. Absolutely.
2: You know, one of the things that, that really struck me is, as you were, I think you said you were traveling to Atlanta, Faye, your phone was just going off constantly, just negative, negative news, that you had the, um, just the, the wherewithal the within yourself, maybe a prompting of the Spirit or something to say, we have to just shut this off, and we need to just spend time meditating, uh, being in the presence of Jesus in the midst of that. That, is, uh, that, that struck me as just, uh, just really extraordinary, because a lot of times, like you said, we just we lose it. We try to lean on our own stuff and power, and sometimes we forget that, okay, we've got we've to pause in this moment, and let's, let's see what God can do in this situation. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, it's been a tremendous story. Thank you guys so much for uh, sharing that with us. Let me, just, let me put you on the spot, and let me ask you, uh, and, I, and I'd like to hear from both of you on this. What's a final word that you would say to us? Because we're all going to experience something either like this, the loss or tragedy in, in some way, shape, or form. What would you say um, as, a, as a husband and wife team, lovers of Jesus, followers of Jesus, what would you say to the rest of us in the midst of that kind of chaos? What,
1: what word would you leave us with? Right to Jesus. Right to Jesus. <laughs> wow fall down on your knees yes. and tell him about it. He already know about it. But he gonna see how faithful you are leaning on him. Yes. And he'll carry you through.
0: I would just like to point out that it's not easy to do. I would be, I would be lying if I said it was. Because we, we, we it's hard. It's, it's not easy to walk by faith especially when this trouble is right here in your face so since and and i try to live by this and and i encourage i encourage others we're gonna stress to a certain point but just don't become don't let stress overcome us to the point where we're gonna give up you know we stress a while when i find myself stressing I, I, I revert back to, well, God is in control. He's in control, because by me worrying, I can't add one inch to my height. I can't, I can't do any, I, so I have to kind of dial it back and say, well, Lord, I, tr- I, I trust you. Regardless of how it ends up, I know you're in charge, and your will is going to be done.
2: Thank you guys so much. Let's, let's give him a hand.